it was an opportunity to do something completely different that I'd never done before. So it was a challenge um, more than anything else. And then as the company grew, I realized how meaningful the brand had become for so many people. So whereas it started as kind of just like this is going to be like my thing that I'm going to do for a little while and let's see how it pans out, um, it became you know, wow, this is actually important to a lot of people. And that's a huge responsibility to continue to uphold that, not only for the readers, but for the team within, too, that do feel so attached to the mission itself. So, you know, how do we make sure as we continue to grow that we have that responsibility on our shoulders in a way that, you know, we're, we are thinking about it. and it's not it's no longer just about me. It's about a bigger picture. You can't do bustle without hustle. And in the case of Kate Ward, editor in chief for Bustle Digital Group, publisher of Bustle, Elite Daily, Romper, and The Zoe Report, Hustle has definitely been a part of her DNA. From writing many of the company's first articles to managing the full scope of content today, Kate has witnessed the transformation of this content brand from a small team to more than 300 employees and as a substantial player in the landscape of digital publications. Coming up, you'll hear... How a random LinkedIn reach out led to Breer, Nachos, and ultimately her journey with Bustle. About her push to solve for efficiency and to be more prepared for what might come next. The value of enriching minds by meeting people with different backgrounds. Growing into more confidence and becoming a more emotional leader. Why it's important to understand the emotional path and motivations of the people you work with how social media played a crucial role in the success and growth of Bustle, and how reflection on the shared reality of eventual death and our place in the world can actually make you feel better. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Today, Kate Ward is joining me. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, so how did you get involved with with Bustle? So it was through LinkedIn, oddly Mm. enough. So (laughs) it actually does work. So uh, my CEO reached out to me and said he was building a new company and wanted to know if I wanted to talk about it. Uh, and I took him up on the offer. And, you know, it's sort of the rest is, is more or less history. We bonded over some beer and nachos and, you know, and then from there uh, decided to, to figure out what to do with this thing. And so that was my entry point, which so was very So he randomly reached out to you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You had no did you have mutual connections? Not that I know of. I mean, there's possible that we did have something. But, you know, to my knowledge, I can't remember anything. So it really was just... Just like a hey, what's up? You know, I started Bleacher Report, and the funny thing is, that I didn't even know what Bleacher Report was at that time, which is crazy to think of now because it's so, you know, uh, pervasive. It's everywhere. Um, but back then, you know, I was not a sports fan, so I didn't really follow it. And then I looked it up, and I said, "Well, gosh, this guy's legit." And then decided to talk to him from there. Where were you working at the time? I was at Hollywood.com, which uh, you know, I came on board with uh, Michelle Lee, who's now the editor in chief of Allure. 
Uh, and, you know, we worked together to try to relaunch that. It was historically a, a ticket driving business. So it launched in 1990. So relaunching that was was quite a quite an endeavor, which made me more excited to be able to start from scratch, not having an infrastructure that was, you know, 20 years old. So uh, that's what made Bustle particularly appealing for me when I when I came in the door. It just felt like, you know, being able to just start from nothing and, and build a clean slate really was comfortable. So when he contacted you, were you the first person to sign up to sign up? A few other editors were already on board. Um, so I was the most senior person mm-hmm. to, to sign on. But we had a few people there that I had spoken to. And they came and showed me the townhouse, which was this really cool space in, in Williamsburg, which more or less sold me on it because the idea of being able to work off of a sofa was absolutely ideal. And to this yeah, day, I, I still work off of a sofa, which is <laughs> probably something that I should change for my back. But it helps me so much. I can't I can't do anything else. I can't How big is the team now? I saw a picture on I think it was on your Instagram page from mm-hmm. the sofa days to now and yeah. I couldn't count all the people in there but how many people is it the whole team is about 300 people oh, wow. and my team is about 100 people right now so we went from I think seven was our very first count of our company when I started and then got to work what here. year did you start 2013 2013 six years now amazing crazy. and what has been the biggest surprise for you over these past six years I'm sure there have been a lot uh, but so what what surprised you in terms of, you know, uh, something that happened? You didn't know that you could expect this to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm not really surprised by our success because we had so many talented people here that, you know, the growth, though – if you asked me six years ago, would we be exactly where we're at right now? Would we have been acquiring all these companies that I'd heard of back then that we now have part of our company? Probably not. I would not have been able to predict that. But, um, you know, I was pretty confident early on that we would be in a really solid place. Uh, and so it didn't really feel like a risk the way that it would for many people going to a startup. Mm-hmm. You know, the infrastructure I believed in, I believed in what we were building. Um, so there hasn't been too much that I'm surprised by. But, you know, that said, am I am I surprised to be in the same company with, you know, Elite Daily and, and Mike and, and, you know, having had uh, lunch with Rachel Zoe and everything? I mean, that that probably would have thrown me for a loop back then if you told me that, <laughs> considering I dressed up as Rachel Zoe for Halloween in 2008. <laughs> so it all came full circle. How has your role changed in the past six years from day one to now? Mm -hmm. Well, so early on, I very much was involved in the content itself. So, you know, I was the one who was executing everything. When there was breaking news, I would take out my laptop at a bar and just start writing whatever was happening and getting on things. And so... Uh, you know, for for a while, it was sort of, you know, whenever I went out with like on a date with my husband, there was always the threat of news. And I was always sitting there with my computer ready to go. Um, right now, you know, I'm very much more in a management position and a strategic position, um, you know, helping out with things like M&A. So I'm definitely outside of the content zone a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, so while I still read our sites vociferously and love what we do, I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily the person who's checking all the boxes on the content and making sure that like everything is like looks great. Uh, so that's that's an interesting adjust- adjustment to be able to go from a place where it was so essential for me to be in the content. Otherwise, you know, what would happen? We would have enough content to go up um, to now being able to know that I have a really talented team of, of, of women building this thing that uh, is working really well right now. And uh, with the M&A process, were you involved in the in the early days or has your role just changed to incorporate that now as part of your role? 
So I was always a part of it. Um, you know, Elite Daily was our first acquisition, and that was a really uh, challenging thing to have to come against. Uh, you know, it was something that was we had a week to figure it out. Uh, that's a very tough thing to figure out in a week, but it was also really exciting. We really loved the brand. We knew there was so much talent there that we we're really excited to get in the door. So, uh, so yeah, so right, right away, it was something we were all learning the steps on together and we're just improving it from there. So now every, ta- every target that we have, every site that we talk about, we know more and more and more what we need to do in order to make it be successful. And why Elite Daily? Why was that the first one? Uh, well, it was a little bit of opportunity, you know, it was, the, it was there. So it was something that, that was an option to us at the time. But, you know, more than that, you know, we wouldn't just take anything. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we were taking properties that had a lot of talent built in. Um, that had uh, a proof of concept, that had uh, a good name and a brand associated with it. And Elite Daily certainly counts in, in all those categories. It, it, it's something that, you know, really built up its its, its readership in a really um, impressive way. Uh, and it also had an audience that we were really interested of, of millennial women. Um, it was 80% uh, millennial women who read uh, Elite Daily, which was interesting because I always thought of it as more of a male property. But um, but we, you know, noticed the talent that was there and really we were excited to build it with them. What was the integration process like? So the deal's signed, it's closed, now what happens on the, the next day? So I think the question, the answer to that is different now than it was back then. So back then it was a little bit of all hands, we got to figure this out. There was a lot of things happening. People know what wires are going to a conference room talking about things. And while we were ready to take on something new and, and different and growing, we definitely were not as ready for this sort of process as we are now. So since then, we've been able to learn and see what are all the things that we need to accomplish before we bring something on board? What are the things we need to accomplish when we have them on board that first week? And then how do we plan out for week two, week three, and beyond? And so uh, about a year and a half ago, I built something within editorial to help solve for this problem, which is an editorial operations team, which not only helps with the M&A uh, rollout and process, but also, uh, you know, helps with overall efficiency and process across the entire brand and figuring out how do we make our newsroom more efficient every day. So that was been invaluable. So the big difference is really just being more prepared for for what might come up and, and, and not having it be as stressful as an experience because we know exactly how to do it now. What were some of the big mistakes that, that you had to learn from? <sighs> big mistakes. I see. I don't know that we've made too many big mistakes where we'd look back and say, oh, no, what did we do? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think that it was really just process oriented and just figuring out how to smoothly do things and, and, you know, make help, help everyone who's coming in the door feel as comfortable as possible. And I think we did as good of a job as we can with the time that we had. But, um, but, you know, there's just things with integrating with more of the team, getting people more face to face with one another that, you know, we learned became more important over time. Have the offices merged or do all of the the media companies kind of stay separate, stay in their offices? We all work in the same office. We have some people on a different floor just because Mm -hmm. we can't all fit on one floor. But um, but we really want to make sure that everybody's communicating with one another. We don't want to be something where people are totally in different areas of the office, not talking to each other, because then you can't really um, share necessary information about how to to make everything better mm-hmm. on your site, whether that's process or operations or, you know, little tips about like headlines that work really well on one site and how we can adapt that across our other sites. So, you know, while they all work independently on their, their topic areas and their sites, we do have a lot of shared uh, conversation. How has the culture changed over the last six years? 
So it's changed definitely in size. Uh, You know, when we started, we were, like I said, seven people. We were in a townhouse, and now we're on a building in Park Avenue with three floors. So inevitably, that brings about changes where, you know, we might be – everybody knows one another extremely well. Uh, Now, you know, there's a little bit less of that, you know, nobody knows everybody's weekend plans. Um, So I think that's that's the the downside of it. But, you know, the upside to it is that you have so many more minds in the door. And so, you know, the culture gets better in the sense that you're surrounded by really intelligent people that help you grow and challenge you even more. Um, And getting those new perspectives in is so important to be able to grow the company because without those new perspectives, you're just going to be doing the same thing over and over again. So it's a great challenge to have in. So from from that standpoint, you know, you know, we might not be all sitting on sofas, you know, mm-hmm. drinking wine on a Friday at four o'clock anymore, but we're all, um, you know, enriching our, our minds that much more by by meeting people with the, from a different background. And did you establish values um, in the early days at Bustle and have those values remain the same? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we are we are a very mission driven company. So whether on Bustle, Elite Daily. Uh, you know, Mike obviously is very mission driven. Zo report. Um, you know, we always really want to stand by the mission that we we set forth, and you know, that's really serving our audience and in, in, in the most uh, productive and progressive way we possibly can. So those values have lived out from you know beginning to end. Also, I think not just the values of the brand, but the values of the company with collaboration and and things that are really important to help continuing to build. Having people feel comfortable questioning. Uh, their bosses and and you know having that conversation rather than having things be top down that's something that we were really passionate about from the beginning as well so that definitely has stayed in place over these past six years which has been excellent to see awesome awesome and then just going back to your editorial days did you ever did you have a favorite topic to cover well, my heart is always entertainment. Just that's where I started. I love it. I, I watch TV obsessively. I think I was the only person who really enjoyed The Masked Singer in my office. But if anyone liked it, let me know because I want to talk about it always. But, um, but you know, I'm obsessed with entertainment, reality TV, that sort of thing. So I think that that was naturally my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I've been able to learn so much about, you know, fashion and beauty and, and topics that I never even uh, intersected with early on in my career. But, um, but you know, I, I just, like, love Vanderpump Rules too much to not still I was going to ask, what's your favorite reality show? I love Vanderpump Rules. It's so good. It's such good TV. The fact that they can have a whole, you know, uh, group of friends that are all primed for reality television. I don't know. Like, can you, like, you think of any of your friends that are like, ready for TV? There's a few. Just my mom, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone's mother is probably perfect for television, even if our friends aren't. But um, but yeah, no, I'm obsessed with that. And I still always have like a dream of maybe one day going on Survivor just to, you know, cross it off the bucket list. <laughs> I think you should do it. Coming up, gaining confidence, the importance of the people you work with, and a surprise. So something that Stephanie and I love to do with our guests is a surprise and delight where we surprise our guests with with something that they may like. So we actually took a look at your Instagram feed, and I want to talk to you about your Instagram handle too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so take a look at your Entrepreneurista swag bag that's right Ooh. next to you. We have a little surprise for you as a thank you for being on the show today. Which is very nice. You did not have to do that. <laughs> it's in the envelope. Oh, man. This is exciting. Oh, my God. I was just talking about this on the way here. Wait, what were you wow, saying? You want to stop in so there? Much. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, well, Murray's Cheese Shop, which is one of my favorite cheese shops in the city, just opened up a new mac and cheese 
pop-up shop so i've been following that aggressively on my instagram and they have like mac and cheese with like a whole piece of burrata on top it's just it looks magical and i just it's it's everything i want in life that's so sweet of you guys thank you so much you already know me so well i know we we kind of stalked you on your instagram uh feed which i have to ask if you're comfortable sharing at naked cat pizza right where did that how did you come up with that instagram (laughs) handle uh, I was in between jobs. I think it was between Hollywood and Bustle, and Bustle did not have a name yet. And the way that I had always put together all of my social handles was like Kate Ward. Uh, my, t- my Twitter is Kate mm-hmm. Ward Bustle, so it was Kate Ward HW when I was at Hollywood. And then um, Bustle didn't have a name, and so I didn't know what to name it, and so I just kind of was joking with friends. And it was at, at that time the three most popular things on the internet was obviously nakedness, cats and pizza so i just put that together and and i didn't keep it for my twitter handle because i felt like i had to be a little more professional and for instagram i'm just holding on for dear life for as long as i can (laughs) until it's no longer appropriate for a 30 something year old uh businesswoman to have a handle like that but i think it makes sense (laughs) i i definitely think it makes sense i also do love pizza and love cats so it all works out but <laughs> I, I love pizza and I love cats and I think we all like to be naked. So. Well, it's like, you know, you think back of like, you know, all the embarrassing handles you had back in the day. Like, did you like what your first your first handle on like or your first email account? Do you remember what it was? Yes, it was catcourt7 at AOL.com. Is that because of cats? Do you I like love cats. cats. Well, I really do love cats. I had a cat growing up. So do you have a cat now? I know. Now I have a dog. <gasps> What kind yes. of dog? Uh, Shih Tzu. Oh, my God. So yes, cute. Yes, you can follow her at Little Miss Nori Girl. Oh, my gosh. She has an or account. Or if you want to write a whole article her. about it, she just took a fabulous <laughs> picture that would go perfectly with any uh, Shih Tzu article you might be writing about. But uh, getting back to more serious things. Yes, so um, uh, your, your, uh, your the company, Bustle, has really evolved over the years. You know, it's now, did you say over 700 employees 300 oh sorry 300 employees not, not there yet <laughs> you'll get there you'll get there Hopefully not too quickly over 300 employees you know with that type of rapid growth you're bound to change as a person how have you how would you say that you have changed over over the years mm-hmm. with such rapid growth yeah so you know i think that there's a little bit of i mean it's it's, it's good and bad that you know confidence right so i think that in one sense i was hyper confident at the outset which is important Um, but you know, also that's not really necessarily the best way to lead in the long run. If you kind of project, here's what I think should happen and here's how it goes. Um, and so I think as the years developed, you know, I started to, uh, really appeal to a lot of people that worked for me and, and, and get their perspectives on things and trust them and have them sort of challenge me on things. Um, which in turn, I think made me a better leader, made me a more emotional leader, um, and I think, you know, while some people might not think it's good to be an emotional leader, I think having an EQ as a leader is incredibly important. Um, and it really helps your team want to work for you and they, they want to do a good job and they want to grow the brand. Um, and that kind of shows in the results of what we've been able to build. So, um, so I think on the one hand, I have a little less confidence mm-hmm. <laughs> now overall, as I think that just happens to people. But at the same time, I think that in, in the more positive upswing of things, 
um, I think it's I've, I've grown confidence in my team enormously, and I really lean on them um, a lot to really help us move forward. And so I think, yeah. Talk to me more about being an emotional leader. What is that? What does that mean? Um, I, I mean, I think it doesn't mean you lead with your emotions. I think it means more that, you know, you understand that people have emotions. Um, you know, I, I so often see these TED Talks out there that are, you know, about like people that work for you or this type of person or this type of person or this type of person. You know, they're like a follower. They're all these kind of things, whatever. And it's just so easy to try to peg people in one singular mm-hmm. t- like personality type and that's just not the way that human beings work so you have to understand that you know um people have a lot of different sides to them and some days they might be more of a follower than a leader or what have you um and by understanding the way that your team works by having that eq to be able to have that emotional attachment to the people you work for um you know you want to do a better job for them you also understand what they want to do you understand the path that they should have a little bit more um and that just makes everybody work together a lot easier so yeah it's definitely not leading with your emotions at all it's more of leading with an acknowledgement that emotions exist and then um as you've been managing people over the years what challenges have you faced because I can speak, you know, from my experience personally, managing people can sometimes not be so easy. Yeah. What what, what have been your experiences, your struggles? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say just as a um, as a person who's, you know, just starting to – well, I've been running this business for the past eight years. Uh, and in the early days, managing people was very new to me. So, you know, telling people what to do is really – far out of my comfort zone. Uh, And even now, you know, when there are things that are done that are not, you know, the way that I would have done them, it can be tough to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So do you find that you have a tough time having tough conversations? Yeah, sometimes it is hard. You know, I I love my team so much that sometimes like sitting down and kind of talking about areas of improvement can be a little bit difficult. Um, And, you know, especially I know them so well and they know me so well that when I do have those problems, they know exactly what I'm they read between my lines a lot. And that's that's an area of improvement that I need to have of being more direct with people Mm -hmm. and rather than kind of like approaching the thing and and being like, can you see what I'm saying here? Like, can't you tell what I'm what I'm getting at? Um, Because that that doesn't work unless you really know the people very well, like I do. But um, but yeah, I think that that's always hard. You know, you always you want to you want people to to be excited to, to work with you. And you kind of feel like, oh, if I give them honest feedback, they're not they're not going to be excited. Um, but that's just not true. You know, I see it with the people that report into me and they're much better at that than I am. And their teams, you know, really value their opinion and they might not be really happy that day to hear it, but they're so appreciative down the line. And even as somebody who I, I want feedback and I value feedback mm-hmm. and when I don't get feedback, I get frustrated because I don't know how to grow otherwise. Right. So, right. um, so yeah, I think it's, that's, that is the biggest challenge I think of being a manager. For sure. And then uh, since you do have such a big team, I'm sure you've been in a lot of interviews. Do you have any interview tips for for me? For people looking to interview for a job? Yeah. Well, no, no. When you're doing the interview. When I'm doing interviews. What, are, what types of questions do you ask? Do you ask anything unique? For jobs or yes. not for – okay, sorry. Just for, as a journalist, I'm never sure what kind of interviews we're talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like, uh, yes, if someone is interviewing with you for a <laughs> right. role on your team – right. Um, what questions do you ask? So the question that, especially if they're if they're interviewing to be a manager, the question that I always make sure to ask is, you know, what is the best thing that some somebody who reports to you would say about you, and what's the worst thing? Um, and I feel like that that really does a lot to help people kind of think about what their flaws are as a manager and, and, and confront it head on. And also when people give me one of those runaround answers, I'm like, oh, you definitely are not comfortable telling me the real thing that they don't like about you. Right. Um. So so that's something that I always make sure that I ask. Um. 
you know, and I always really try to be clear with the the candidate about what the job is too. I think that's super important that, you know, the more you try to sugarcoat the opportunity and, and make it seem like it's not going to be a situation where you're working hard or, you know, oh, don't worry when you get, when at six o'clock you get to shut down your phone and never talk to anyone. Like that's not what's going to happen. It's digital mm-hmm. media. Of course, right, you're going to have right. to answer emails over the weekend. So, um, so yeah, I, I just try to be honest with people, but, um, but yeah, that's usually my favorite question to ask. And everything else is typically just a conversation. I don't really like having, you know, 10 questions to ask somebody and seeing how they respond. So uh, what are you most looking forward to um, in the next year? In the next year? Well, looking forward to seeing where we go and how we grow, which is always a, always fun to see the directions that we take. Um, and, you know, I really look forward to, you know, continuing to really cement our brands and, and show people what we can do with things like Digital Issues, which was a new initiative of creating a magazine experience on digital and, um, you know, using uh, really great technology, reporting, styling, uh, photography, everything and meshing it into one place that feels really special and and custom that you don't really get in many other digital properties. So that's really exciting for me as well. But, you know, I also think getting out and and meeting people a lot more. I've been very, 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 very heads down for six years, very much in my job and in the everything that, that I'm doing that I really haven't had the chance to talk to many people. So um, I love talking to people. I'm a very social person. So I'm just like kind of aching to talk to talk to more people now. So I'm excited to get out there more. Can you share more about digital issues? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the idea for them kind of came from two different things. So two different problems that we had. So one problem was that, um, you know, we were finding we were trying to get celebrity talent to come in and do photography with us that they would always end up going with a magazine cover because it just looks more pristine. Um, and the other issue that we had was the fact that we were creating really great content that would disappear over time from the homepage and you wouldn't be able to find it. And mm-hmm. it felt like a lot of work went into things that weren't getting attention. So the way to solve for that was to create this this custom page that you know, really felt like a magazine experience with like a front of book section with a celebrity photo shoot um, with a big feature well and everything. And that exists as something that could stand alone on the site for quite some time. So it'll always be it'll be on the homepage for several months and you can go and you can go back and read the the features. And, you know, that's some, that's a lot of work that's put together by our brand initiatives team, which is another team that I formed in the last year to kind of create these things that were bigger opportunities for the brand. Is that just for Bustle or will that exist? No, it's across everything. And we just published our first digital issue for Zoe Report called Fashion Takeover. And oh my God, it is stunning. It like looks like Vogue level. It's so, so amazing. I could not be more impressed with the team and doing that. So I, yeah, I recommend everybody check it out. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And how often will it be refreshed? Is it quarterly, monthly? There's three a year for each brand. So about 12 issues overall across four brands. Um, and then, you know, Mike, we have to figure out what we're doing from there. We're not really quite ready yet to, to release any digital issues, but across So Report, Elite Daily, Bustle, and Romper, uh, we have three a year per brand. How has what uh, working at Bustle meant to you from day one to where you are today changed over time? So I think, you know, the first day coming in the door, uh, you know, it was this cool thing that could be a great opportunity. You know, I'd just seen the social network not soon long before that and you felt this like startup thing of like i'm gonna be in a startup and this is gonna be awesome it's gonna be so cool um and it was an opportunity to do something completely different that i'd never done before so it was a challenge um more than anything else 
And then as the company grew, I realized how meaningful the brand had become for so many people. So whereas it started as kind of just like, this is going to be like my thing that I'm going to do for a little while and let's see how it pans out. um, It became, you know, wow, this is actually important to a lot of people. And that's a huge responsibility to continue to uphold that, not only for the readers, but for the team within too, that do feel so attached to the mission itself. So, you know, how do we make sure as we continue to grow that we have that responsibility on our shoulders in a way that, you know, we're, we are thinking about, and it's not, it's no longer just about me. It's about a bigger picture. Up next, why social media has mattered so much at Bustle, a brainstorm, and Kate considers her legacy. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com. Here's your social media tip of the week by Socialfly. Video, video, video. It's all about the video content. It is predicted that by the end of 2019, 80% of internet traffic will be directed from video. This highly engaging and easy to use feature is now available to use across a plethora of social media platforms such as Instagram, YouTube, and now even the newly introduced Facebook Stories and it's set to take over. It's also important to think about your social platforms when filming content. Film in both vertical and square formats so the videos can be easily repurposed for Instagram stories and other social media platforms. I have to ask you about social media and marketing. How has social media played a role in in growing Bustle? Oh my God, it's been huge. And you know, where I, I was before, it really felt like social media was an afterthought. It was always something that, you know, okay, let's hire a, you know, 22-year-old to post our articles and not give it a second thought. And, and you know, it was something that very early on, I think those of us who were more digitally native understood that it held a role and that it had importance to it. So right away, you know, one of our first employees we brought on um, was Haley Saltzman, our director of social media, who's still with us. She's so amazing. And she really built up our audience um, organically. And so uh, the, with our audience, too, being millennial women, we are on social media. We knew exactly where we were. So that helped us figure out how to sell social to our audience because we knew what we wanted and we knew what we were not seeing out there. Um, so, yeah, social has been huge. What is the main driver of traffic? Is so it- that's one of the best things about BDG is that we are a diversified traffic uh, site. So we don't just depend on any one platform to deliver us traffic. So, you know, of course, we have direct visits that we've brought uh, brought up over the years. Of course, when we started, we'd had zero direct visits of my mom. But um, <laughs> so that's been a good metric to see rise. But then more than anything else, too, we're really strong in search and and Facebook and Pinterest and Apple News and, you know, even drive traffic from Instagram. So, you know, we're always making sure that we're challenging ourselves and, and figuring out where we can be. And, you know, it really is like I do believe that if we're complacent, we're not going to be ahead. So we need to figure out what is the next platform that people are on that we should be thinking about and thinking about how to make it right. And so, you know, I think obviously we don't want ever want to be a place that, you know, signs up to to be on a social media network that might not be conducive to publishers and it just feels unnatural. So that's always something that we're thinking about too, is how do we do it in a way that's natural and authentic. And has the audience changed over time? 
Which audience? Our, our, bustle. our bustle, bustle audience. Yes. Um, it's grown. So <laughs> well, that's great. Quite a bit bigger. Um, and you know, or I think the demographic has the demographic changed over time. The demographic really hasn't changed too much. It's been millennial women on Bustle, and you know, on um, uh, on Zoe Report, it's a slightly older millennial. And then Mike is is fifty fifty, but we haven't quite developed that quite yet. But um, but you know, I think the readership has changed in the sense that when we started, the woman that we were targeting was just graduated from college and you know was trying to figure out her life right. and didn't have much disposable income and all of that whereas now i think that this is somebody who's a little bit more comfortable in her space in her space and in mm-hmm. herself so uh, i think we've grown a little bit with the bustle reader um but we're still targeting the same the same group of women and uh switching gears a little bit uh, you've accomplished so much oh thank you uh what are your future goals what do you want to achieve in the next God. five to ten years i have no idea do you know what you <laughs> want to achieve in the next five to ten years i want to just keep on growing social fly oh my um, gosh i mean i'd love to have a house in hawaii one day sooner than later it would be great have you ever been to hawaii oh my god i go every two years i'm obsessed a house there a house in new orleans you know big dreams but those are, but those are great great goals uh you know i just want to keep, keep on challenging myself and 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 wherever that leads me that's where it leads me um so you know i, I never really like to think too far ahead because you never really know what will happen in the future mm-hmm. and i think that that's kept me where i am um the more that i thought more about where I want to be I I would have still been trying to be a celebrity profiler for Vanity Fair like that was what I wanted to be when I was 22 years old Um, and that obviously didn't happen and I'm extremely thankful that it didn't happen not that that would be a fun job that would be a really fun job I don't think that would be the job that I'm that good at in all honesty I think that I found the job that I'm good at Um, but but I, I, I don't really like to think about exactly what my goal is because that limits me or what about what is the legacy you want to leave behind god (laughs) um i don't know that's so it's it's so hard i mean i i i want i i want to be able to be respected and and loved doesn't everybody i think those are the two things that everybody really wants and those are hard things to get all at once but i'm trying my best to achieve that and um you know, I, I just want to be able to say that I touched something that was really important to people. And, and I think that that's the best feeling in the world. It's so easy when you're in the day-to-day trying to make things work, trying to improve efficiencies and all that kind of stuff that you forget that, you know, when you go and talk to somebody, sometimes they come up to you and say, oh, my God, you're from Bustle. Like, Bustle, like, there's this article that really made a difference for me. And and then you get to sit back and think, oh, my God, like, I was I was a part of that. My dad was in – no, my, my husband was in India – and he met with somebody who, um, you know, used Bustle to get statistics on sexual assault to use in a presentation she was putting together for like a charity that she was working on about sexual assault, and, and which is very rampant in India. And hearing that was incredible that it, we've gone all the way to India and we're helping to try to make things better in another country completely. So um, so the legacy, I think, that I like to leave behind is is knowing that I, I really helped change lives, even if it was in a very small way. Um, making, you know, women feel more comfortable and more confident and more um, safe is something that I think is incredibly flattering and, and amazing. Yeah, and that that is certainly amazing. And it really is a testament to, you know, how uh, far and wide social media and digital can spread, you know, one 
tweet or post can reach so many people. Uh, so that's amazing. And then something that's my business partner, Stephanie, and I love, love to do is a brainstorm. So we'll put 60 seconds on the clock. And if there's a particular business challenge or anything that you are wondering or want to like banter about, uh, we'll put 60 seconds on the clock and, and talk about it. And you can pick my brain. I'll spit out ideas. Cool. Starting when? Starting when you're ready, right now, if you okay. want to. So what should we do on TikTok to connect with an audience there? Ah, oh my gosh, you gave me a hard one. <laughs> uh, we're not doing too much on TikTok uh, at Socialfly, uh, but something that um, you should think about is testing out their advertising capabilities. So that's new. That's going to be rolling out soon. Um, our rolling out to select advertisers. And then uh, another thing to, to consider is partnering with TikTok influencers. So you might be thinking about this already, but uh, pick some of the top influencers on TikTok and, and hire them to create content for you. Cool. That's very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> are you advertising on TikTok? No, we're not doing anything. Already, okay. So. <laughs> but looking forward to figuring out what we can do on it. There's, there's a lot you could do on it, um, but I would say start with uh, leveraging the influencers that are already on the platform. And then I have to ask, what does a typical day look like in your life? And I'm sure that has changed over the last few years, too. Yeah. Um, well, I usually wake up, go for a run. Um, if I don't go for a run, I sleep in until the last possible second and then barely shower and get up. But um, and then, you know, I go into work, check my email, go to meeting number one, go to meeting number two, check my email, meeting number three. I mean, it's very it's 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 totally not interesting at all these days <laughs> in terms of what that day looks like. It's just a lot of meetings and a lot of conversations. Um, whereas, you know, I think the day to day years ago was basically just, you know, on my Twitter feed constantly like what's happening. OK, this thing happened. Let's assign that out. OK, we need that done in the next five minutes and like getting that up and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, figuring out the content plan moving forward and so uh so yeah the day right now looks looks a little different but um and then you know beyond that i think that i'm i'm always attached to my phone but i'm i'm no longer attached to my laptop which was really exciting about a year ago i start i stopped going out on the weekends with my laptop so that was a big so it was a year ago that your role really changed um i think it was a, it was a few years ago and then it was a year ago that i finally allowed myself to realize that it had changed you know <laughs> like i was it was more of like it was a security blanket of having my laptop with me at all times but um but now i'm able to kind of you know go out and go for a walk in the park and not think about oh god i'm going to open up my you know, to computer and get something done. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much my, my work day. It's just meetings. I'm sorry. It's not a more interesting answer. No, no, I, I can definitely relate. Uh, and then what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Um, I think it means challenging yourself and making sure that you're always, you're always thinking about what that next step is and how to be better. Um, not only, you know, in your job, but in your life, which translates to your job. So, um, you know, just being a better person all around and, and making sure that you're feeling satisfied in the, in the, the challenges you're giving yourself every day. I love that. I love that. And then just based on everything that you've learned, if you could sum it up and give one piece of advice to leave uh, everyone oh listening gosh. with, what would it be? One piece of advice. What is my advice? I should have come prepared with this piece of advice. Um, oh, well, this is this is the piece of advice that I got from my uh, lovely, lovely coworker, Lindsay Mannering, who's our senior vice president of editorial strategy, who have, who's been with me almost since day one. Um, and it's going to sound bad, but in some ways, you know, 
the best the best I've ever felt when I'm nervous about something is when she has always told me, you know, we're all going to die one day. And I think that that is a piece of advice that is actually extremely helpful, especially for entrepreneurs and people in, the, in this business that's very fast moving. It's that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all coming end up in the same place. And so nothing, there's no struggle that should is worth, you know, just going crazy over and, and you know, coming after yourself and telling yourself that everything is going to go the wrong way and go, and go badly. There's always a solution to everything. And, you know, and if there's not a solution... Well, I'll be six feet under anyway. <laughs> what a great way to end it. <laughs> well, on that note. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, that is an interesting perspective. And, and it all builds you up in a way that I, I never expected that hearing something like that would make me feel so much better about everything. And, you know, it's it's if you get into your head so much mm-hmm. about something then you're not going to be thinking logically. And then the second you allow yourself to kind of realize that this is not the be all end all, that you're not, you're not, even though you could be shaping things and shaping your industry, that you're not, you know, totally responsible for the fate of the planet that's on your shoulders, then the more you're able to take a step back and kind of think about, okay, what are the real next steps here? You know, how are we going to be productive about this conversation and not just crumble? No, no, that's definitely a really great piece of advice and something that I should remind myself of more often. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank How you can for everyone me. find and follow you? And I know um, we already know your your personal Instagram account, yes. but um, where else can people reach you? Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Kate Ward Bustle. Uh, I never tweet, so I'm sorry if you follow me. It's very disappointing. Um, but you can message me because I will respond to your messages. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram and what else am I on? Am I anything else that's notable? I do have a TikTok account, but I don't even remember what it is. I just well, I stuff. think that's a good next step. Is I think you have to be the next TikTok influencer. Next. Yes, start from zero. <laughs> the best way to learn is by doing. There you go. I've got I've got a lot of uh, I got a lot of good karaoke songs and down my in my sleeve, so I can take those out again. So. <laughs> So thank you so much for joining me. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I'm Courtney, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Entreprenista is produced by Mouth Media Network for Socialfly. Copyright 2019, Socialfly, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. Mm